Welcome to the Landmark Theaters Q&A podcast. Today, moderator Mia Galupo sits down with legendary filmmaker Vim Venders to speak about his new documentary, Pope Francis, A Man of His Word. This conversation was recorded at the Landmark in Los Angeles on the film's opening weekend. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Mia Galupo, and I'm with The Hollywood Reporter, and I'm here with director Vim Venders, who did the wonderful documentary you. you just watched. So to begin with, I have a few questions, then we'll open it up to a few questions from you guys. Uh, so Vim, to begin with, uh, the Vatican approached you for this documentary, correct? That is correct. It wasn't really in my life's plan to make a film with a pope. And one day we got this letter and my secretary came in and very excited, you got mail from the Vatican. <laughs> and it was in Italian and my Italian wasn't so great. So, But I got the drift that they wanted to talk about a possible film and I went next door to our accountant, she's Italian, and she confirmed it. That's what they want. They want to talk to you. And did you have any initial hesitations about making the documentary? Well, you don't know what it means when they say, can we talk about a movie? If they would, would have wanted to talk about a television documentary, I might have declined it. But they made it clear from the beginning that they just wanted to initiate this thing and sort of plant the seed. And then I would have to write it myself and get an independent production together and a distribution, and they really wanted to keep out of it. And that, of course, was interesting, to say the least. And did they let you know why they chose you specifically? It's a good question. <laughs> I thought about that question, and I thought I'm going to, first thing that's going to, what I'm going to ask them, but then the guy who who I talked to, who was the sort of Minister of Communication, they had a new Secretariat of Communication, turned out that he's a real cinephile. He taught cinema and wrote books about them, and as, as a young man ran a film club in Rome, and he showed me the program where I actually went to his film club a long time ago. So I didn't ask him anymore why he picked me. I thought he, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> and prior to making this documentary, what was your relationship to this pope? Were you just a casual observer? Were you a fan? I was a little more than a casual observer. I mean, I'm a sort of lapsed Catholic. I've had a Catholic upbringing, lived here in LA, but was more in a Presbyterian community. So I actually became a Protestant. And uh, in 2013, when it was announced there's a new pope, I turned on the television set, like millions of people on this planet. And nine years of Latin finally paid off. <laughs> because before we all laid eyes on him, the diacon or whatever his function is, in Latin announced that the name of the new pope was going to be Francisco, so which is Francis. And that really stunned me because I had not thought this could possibly happen. And I thought whoever is going to walk up now, he has guts because to take on that name was courageous because St. Francis is 
a great revolutionary inside the church and was the only saint I knew when I was a kid. That's the man who spoke with the birds and who called every creature brothers and sisters. And he was a, a great hero of mine. All the other saints were sort of anonymous, but Francis was somebody I knew. And I also knew that he'd been a sort of incredible peacemaker, that he went to, in the middle of the Crusades, to Egypt at the time, that was um, <laughs> dangerous, to say the least, to talk to the Muslim authorities. They could have just as well beheaded him at the time, but. He actually made it and had a long talk and uh, with the sultan and then so he was a peacemaker and I was always very taken by the fact that he lived such a poor life and he took care of of sick people and outcasts so he was a hero for me so on a pope calling himself Francis I was electrified and I followed him his first year, of course, from a distance, and of course, nobody would think you'd eventually actually meet him and several times. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking to that for a moment, you have this film within the film about uh, St. Francis specifically. So, how I, ex or I just told you why, yeah? The, yeah. Uh, because when they asked me about making the movie, and then told me I would have to write the concept. I knew that I would have to explain to everybody why this was such a re revelation to me and why St. Francis was important. So that's why I included the sort of framework around the old black and white footage. Who, what do you think this was? Because most people think I found some old film. <laughs> Actually, some reviews. Actually, some of the reviews that came out wondered where I found this old film. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at all the movies evolving around St. Francis, and there's quite a number, like a dozen, some nice ones. Rossellini made one in the early 50s, and there's silent movies. And there's one with Mickey Rourke playing St. Francis. And he was all, St. Francis had a lot of tattoos. It's a pretty so I, hardcore St. Francis. Yeah, couldn't use that, really. So I realized if I wanted to bring St. Francis somehow into the film, we had to shoot it ourselves. So that was the most more extravagant part of our shoot. And what kind of access did the Vatican give you to any found footage or any uh, you know images that they had? Well, from the beginning, when we discussed the framework of the whole thing, they said I would have privileged access to Pope Francis. Otherwise, I couldn't have made the movie. And also, access to, full access to the archive. So a lot of the stuff was not shot by ourselves. A lot, Some of it happened before we started working on the film. And uh, there's a camera crew traveling with him all the time. And there's a lot of TV stations who cover whatever he's doing. So. We had access to that. And when you were first heading into production, started thinking about what you wanted for the documentary, what did you perceive to be the biggest challenge or hurdle that you would face? The biggest hurdle turned out to be the amount of stuff. 
hundreds and thousands of hours we had to plow through because he did travel extensively in the first year and still does and he did speak to a lot of people and not just to the American Senate and to the United Nations but all over Africa and South America and Asia so there was just a sheer amount that we actually had access to it. And how many sit-down interviews were you able to conduct with the Pope? We shot four times, four afternoons over the course of two years. We started, the first one was in early 16, again later in 16, and two times in 2017. Actually, we only had three, and then I've already been editing for a long time and realized I was missing something, and then I asked them they were so kind to give us a fourth, so four times altogether. Can you take us through what was going through your mind when you were about ready to interview the Pope for that first time? Do we have that time? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we were damn nervous, my team and I. At that time, I had not really met him. I mean, I felt like I knew him because I had read everything he had said. I read all his speeches and sermons and and so I felt like I knew him already a little bit, but I had never met him. And I told my crew, you better be on your toes because this is not an actor who's going to come in. And whatever he does, we're not going to ask him to do it again. <laughs> and we're not going to, he's not going to get makeup. And if any of us fucks up, then that's it. We don't, I don't, that, then that was it. So they're all on their toes, and we're all a little nervous because we didn't know. And, and then he came in on his own, just alone. Came in, smiled as he saw all of us. So, And then he started to say goodbye, to say hi to each and everybody. And he did the same at the end. He spent time with each and everybody, the electricians, anybody on the, on the set. We were like 12, 15 people. And, talked to everybody, looked everybody in the eyes, spent really time with each and everybody, and at the end we were all cool, calm, and collected. And the first thing he said to me was he put his arm on my shoulder and said, I heard a lot about you, but you must know I haven't seen any of your films. <laughs> that was good, I, felt I liked it. And he also said he d didn't know much about movies and he saw some long time ago but didn't have time to follow. So he also didn't see the film, the finished film. But I asked, because the Vatican, they had a copy, and I asked, did the Holy Father see it? And I said, no, he still, it's not, it's not his thing, movies. Maybe one day, so. Maybe he's more of a TV guy. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, how did you choose which? I had, a, I had a screening at the Vatican, believe it or not. I have to tell you, it was a chapel. It was an old chapel. It was an old, really, like you think it, of, of a chapel, with church windows. And instead of the altar, there was a screen. And I was the holiest screening room I've ever been in. <laughs> a true cinema palace. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, how did you choose which subjects to ask him about? Which subjects I asked him, I aborted every subject that I could think of. 
altogether in these four sessions, asked him 55 questions. Some of them he answered really at length, some rather shortly, and there was nothing that he avoided. There was no question that he didn't want to didn't want respond to. Really asked everything. But my main thing was that I really wanted to ask everything that anybody else would want to know, just not, not just me. And I also realized if I'm actually going to be face-to-face -face like you and me right now, that was such a privilege that this is something I that was the greatest thing about, possibly about the film. I could put the audience face to face, and I didn't just want to have that for myself. And then figured out how I can share this. And this eye to eye was too precious to just waste it on me. I felt. And regularly, if you make it an interview, the person looks past the camera, and as a as a viewer, he's not looking at you, he or she. So. I felt if I was going to be in that privileged position, I needed to put everybody in there. So we came up with a with a device for Pope Francis to speak directly into the camera. It's you know it's like a sort of a little teleprompter in reverse. Of course, he didn't see his answer, so he didn't read it. He saw me on the t on the teleprompter, just my face. And by talking to me, and by listening to me, and by talking to me, he does look into all of your eyes. I explained that to him the first time he came, because he was a little amazed. There was only one chair, and then there was the camera. And where are you going to be? And I explained it to him, and then he said, well, how, what do you see? And then I walked him around, and on the other side of the camera was the same, just in reverse. And I also sat in front of a monitor, and he realized that we would really be very close intimately talking to each other with just this technology and the screens in between. So he understood that. And then we were really, really very close and intimately talking. And he actually didn't see anybody else than me. All the crew was gone. Everybody walked away. And he just had this monitor in front of him. And it was as if we were alone, even if he not speaks to all of you. And you really feel that in the staging and the framing of the interviews. It truly does feel like a conversation, a private audience with a pope in a theater. I had uh, to share that, yeah. And I'm wondering, can you take us through the editing process? I'm sure it's an embarrassment of riches when you're sitting with the pope and speaking with him. So how did yeah. you pare it down? That's a long process. I mean, edit. Editing a documentary, I knew, is taking longer than editing features. I spent two years on Bonavista Social Club, Pina two and a half, Soul of the Earth just as well. So I told the Vatican right away, don't expect that it takes long, that it is going to be done shorter. So it also took two years. Because the thing is that you have to find your way through the material. You have to make it logic, and you have to make it natural. and and especially in these talks with Pope Francis, as I don't appear as somebody who asks, and not, neither does my voice, so it's really strictly him, and we had to find the, pa the passage through all, the, through all his answers and through the eight hours altogether we had to, <coughs> to create a, yeah, some sort of a threat through it, and you don't really find that right away. It took a, took a while. And my only help were, was 
the sequences with St. Francis. Other than that, I just had the Pope himself as somebody to lead us through. And uh, what was so impressive to me as well is the runtime. This movie is only an hour and a half long. So I'm wondering, what, did you, in, for a modest man that is Pope Francis, did you want this movie to have a modest runtime and really stick to the bare bones of what he was saying? <laughs> Something like that was the first line of my first treatment, which was as he's asking us all to get by with less and as he's, as he's so much into a poor, poor church, I, my first line is we can make this an expensive movie. So we wanted to make this a poor film, so we really worked with the bare bones of filmmaking. And I had, of course, a longer cut. I don't know, first cut was five or six hours. And, and then I came finally down to two, and I realized for most people, two hours were too much. And that it didn't really help the film if it was if it was too beautiful hours, but there is a limit to everybody's attention span, especially if it's serious stuff, some of it. So we realized that ninety minutes was ideal and in the end it's the same with every other movie. You have to kill your darlings and take out things that you thought initially that can never ever possibly go, but in the end it's good for the overall thing and for people to be able to follow and 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 that, in the end, was the most important, that you still sort of are interested from the beginning till the end. If you were to add back in one of those darlings that you had to kill, what would that be? Well, when it's coming out on DVD, maybe we have some del <laughs> deleted scenes with the Pope. I don't know. There's, there's a number. Difficult. Some Pope bloopers. <laughs> and then uh, it's such an impressive uh, thing for me to see in the film was the Pope addressing the College of Cardinals. Was that something that you found in the archives? And how did you decide where to put that and how, why to include it? I remember reading the text of his speech about the diseases that was before I started the film. And the first question I asked in the archive is, did anybody shoot that? And they actually covered it with four cameras, uncut, unedited, and I actually had access to that. So, and that was awesome. I knew exactly the text. I had the text already, what he had said that, but I didn't know that it was actually filmed, and that was obviously then a core scene in the film, and it shows that he's, that he's serious about stuff even inside the church. And then for you, what part of this documentary is most emblematic of the Francis that you came to know as a person? Maybe the very last scene. The very, very last scene when he talks about the smile and the sense of humor, that was part of our last shoot. and reason of that we that I wanted a fourth session was that in the editing I realized I didn't re really have anything I mean there were two other three is issues left but I di really didn't have anything that I could end with so I told him I we again 
I have questions, but then there is a question that is not really a question because I don't know how to put it. As you remember that you speak to everybody through the camera, it'd be so great if you found a, somehow found a way to say goodbye to everybody. I don't have a question for it. I can't ask, tell you this is my last question. So he said, okay, I'll think about it. And then we went and did all sorts of things, questions, and, and then we were running already short on time, all of a sudden, on his own, he started this thing, and really, I really jolted. An, an artist is an apostle of beauty. That woke me up. I, I wondered, where is he going with that? And then I realized slowly, when he said, everybody can be that, can have that present to everybody else, and the smile is something that we can give to each other, and the sense of humor is also, and all of a sudden I realized he was on my de demand for the last word of the film, and and had actually really even said goodbye at the end. So that was strictly himself, and I just had hoped we would find a way, and then he offered me one, and that is then the whole whole thing was uncut at the end. That was really him because he does have a beautiful sense of humor and he's also just a very modest guy and he's a great communicator. I saw that with each and every one of my crew, it felt like we knew him because he had all shook hands with us each time in the beginning and the end. So we all felt like we were buddies by now. The entire crew, they're, they're now all best friends. <laughs> he's, he greeted and talked to each and every one of us. Pope seems like a great best friend to have. Um, and now we're going to... Not only here. Yeah, get some <laughs> insurance. Um, and now we're going to open up some questions from the audience. Oh. Right here. Um, it's very honored to be here. Police and Desire is one of my favorite all-time films. And I was really moved by this documentary. Can we give him... Um, can oh, we yeah, um, I had a little bit of a multifaceted question about the documentary specifically. The first was you said the Vatican, when they reached out, um, they said you could come up with a concept. Did they at any point in time have any kind of guidelines or want to see the film before you showed it? And then if you had the freedom, I was curious how you shaped that perspective of him specifically. Um, and then a final part. Um, I was very curious about this in watching the film. Um, you posed the question, do words matter? You know, that his only weapons is his words, and do they make a difference? And I was curious what your feeling about that was after making this film and seeing all that footage and all of the times he's reached large audiences. Let me start with the end because it's still in my mind. It is actually my own voice with a narration that asks the question to words still matter because. In the end, over the two years I spent every day with him in the editing room, it, that was a big thing on my mind. Does it? He, that's the only power he has, and he does speak, and you see that he does speak to everybody, and he doesn't refuse to speak to anybody at all. And the question is, does it really matter? And the more I was working on the film, the more I felt his words do have a certain power, even if it's not economic or military power. After all, he he has become, over the five years he's in office now, he has become sort of a moral authority, more so ever since so many of our world leaders 
have no moral authority whatsoever to speak of. And I don't mean this politically, I mean this across the globe and in Europe just as well. And so it's such a, it's such, such a, such an urgency of out of a sudden that we all realize that words do count and that we do need some sort of moral compass because morality seems like an endangered species these days, not just truth, but morality as well. So I raised that question, but in a way he answers it with his with his actions both and with what he says. And the Vatican didn't have any parameters other than sort of starting it and saying, think about it, and then you can write the concept. That, and then I, <laughs> I asked them, can you give me a few hints what sort of a movie you were thinking of? No. <laughs> I really, and in between, I really would have hoped that had some parameters, or they would have given me some guidelines. I really was hanging in the wings in between because it, it, I realized it was an, quite a responsibility. And I sort of would have liked to share that, but they really st stuck to their words. You, this is your film and you make it on your own and we're not going to interfere. I showed it to them, a longer cut and then a f almost final and then a final cut, but there was never any demand whatsoever in terms of editing or cutting. And I wish, I mean, in other movies you have distributors and, and producers and they interfere and they say, couldn't you do that or that and that? And that is useful. But this time it was all up to me. I, I finally found f some good friends and some people who I trust who I showed the film because the Vatican just strictly kept out of any interference. I wish that. <laughs> and then any more questions? Right here. Oh. Yes, thank you. What a powerful and Can you, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you, Mia. Yeah, yes. Thank you. What an incredibly powerful and beautiful film. Um, all of his actions and speeches are so inspiring. Um, I was wondering because I know he has encouraged people to gather in groups, particularly Catholic members to gather in groups, meet regularly, and take specific actions, agree to take specific actions specifically for the environment. I was wondering if you came across any of that at all? Well, he does encourage sort of grassroots action, absolutely. And of course, I saw, saw lots of material on that, but I. I didn't do the film in any way in an investigative way, so I didn't look. The only investigation at some point, <laughs> the only one, we found that none that he embraced and that he actually saw from the Pope Mobile and then stopped him. It took us half a year to find her. And that was the only investigation, so to speak. Other than that, I really refrained to the Pope's word. But I know how much he encouraged grassroots action and how much he thinks that the church is also having to renew each other from down up, not only from upside down. Thank you. Maybe somebody way up there. Um, oh, yeah, very you're waving enthusiastic, so nicely. yes. <laughs> um, 
That was so beautiful. Thank you. Seriously, one of my favorite films ever, and I will be telling and tweeting everybody to see it. Um, I had asked uh, a friend to come along and had not um, heard back from him and then realized that um, he were both activists and his thing is zero population growth as a way for saving the earth. And I suspect that might be why I didn't hear back from him on a film about the Pope. And I was wondering if that had come up in your conversations um, and, well, yeah, because saving the earth, zero population, was that broached at all? And if not, why not? Or he was ex quite explicit on the subject of growth, not population growth, but on the subject of growth, because that's such a holy cow in all of, in, not just in the West, in America, in Europe, also in Russia or China, growth as such is such a, I mean, everybody's crazy to grow and grow and grow. And the Pope is the only one who says, as far as I know, why do we all have to grow? Let's stop growing, have some other people catch up with us. We didn't talk about um, population growth, no. That subject didn't come up. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have. One last. One last one. <laughs> um, right here. Yeah. Last. Go there. Uh, thank yeah. You, thank you. OK, first of all, I want to say that your work is so sophisticated. And he knew already. He knew he's so sophisticated and simple in his work that he chose you. So I... So you have an explanation, thank you. <laughs> I wanted to say, I don't know you, but um, I you totally, I would say what he said, the artists are the apostles of the beauty. He knew who he chose to show this and to do something. So I really appreciate what you done. You have done an amazing film. And he knew already. And it's not about him, it's about, I don't know what could come back. Well, it's definitely not about me. And I tried to disappear, but if you think I didn't quite disappear, I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you all so much. Yes. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and also check out Landmark Theatre's YouTube channel for videos of these Q&As and other exclusive content. See you next time.